do you do when your high performers start disconnecting? They stop speaking up. They silence themselves. Or what about when you do? Well, today we're joined by Jill O'Boyle. She's a high performance coach, speaker. She specializes in communication, productivity, and purpose so that our people can create a balance that allows them to be more efficient, get more done, enjoy life, have fun, and spend more time with the ones they love. She's gonna share with us how we can wrap our arms around not just our high performers, but all of our people. You ready? Let's go. Jill, are you ready for this? So ready. <laughs> let's, let's roll it. Ezra, we, we, we appreciate you hopping on. I know we've been talking about this for quite some time and we've been able to catch up and talk about things over the last several months, uh, but glad to yeah. finally get you on here and we appreciate it. Well, I thank you so much for having me and I appreciate your flexibility. We're all busy professionals, so I know we had to move some things around, but glad we got it on the calendar for sure. Hey, we got here though, right? We, we got did. here. It's all that matters. And everyone is almost healthy. And then my kids got me sick. So here we go. But we'll figure it yeah. out. It's all good. <laughs> but Jill, do us a favor and kick us off. When we were preparing for this, uh, you kind of told a little bit about your story. And everyone yeah. out there has heard of quiet quitting by now, I think. And it's not a new thing, though. But it's a right. term that we're, we've been like, oh, that's what that is? Okay, mm -hmm. now that makes sense. And you kind of came to the realization of, oh, that was that was me. And I'd love you to right. kind of share your story before we really dive into it. Yeah, so you're right, exactly right. Like it's not a new term, but I don't think – I was so in the grind of burnout and hustle mentality that – I don't think I like really pegged what I was going through. And so I think it was afterwards I was listening to probably a podcast, you know, a leadership podcast, much like this. And I heard the word quiet quitting and I thought, oh my gosh, that's me. And so I think for the listeners that maybe was like me, like what is quiet quitting? It's really that, that moment where you just decide internally, I'm just going to unsubscribe from this hustle mentality. Like you've been a high achiever, you've been a high performer, but something in your life says, hold on a minute, what am I doing? And I'm no longer down for this. <laughs> like, and so it's just that clicking that unsubscribe mentality and maybe just not going above and beyond all the time. Not to say that you aren't a great performer, you're just really taking a season to reevaluate what matters most. And so... I had that realization like, oh, that's what, that's what exactly what was happening in my life. And so, um, I can kind of take a step back and kind of talk about my story a little bit, but so my background was always in event management and project management. And so that's just a, that is a busy industry. It's, it's very client demanding. Um, but I loved it from like 2011 to around like 2015. It was like my dream job. Um, I was killing it in my career. I was growing, but it was very busy and high moving all the time. Um, but that, those years, like that was, I was golden. Like I loved it that I had this vision of what success was back then. Like I really tied to my self-worth to how busy I was, maybe the amount on my paycheck, if I'm being honest. And so I just really yeah. <laughs> got in that hustle grind mentality. Um, 
And then 2018 to 2019, like there was a huge culture shift at my um, company. There were some leadership changes going on. Um, there was a lot of demands for travel, time away from the family. And I just felt like in those years, I just started getting really disconnected. I started losing like hope. Um, that's when a lot of unhealthy patterns started shaping up in my life. Um, and so that takes you to like 2020, right? So the world shuts down, it's devastating. And I want to try and lightly live with this because I know it was a very tragic time for most people, but COVID for me was actually a blessing in disguise. Like it was the first time that like, you know, the world got quiet, the noise settled down. And it was in that moment in that year that I really got really curious about this feeling I was having because all of a sudden I was feeling this sense of like peace and calmness when nothing was calm about the world. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, why do I have this sense of peace right now? And it was really being in the presence with my family for once, because I was just so burned out. So always focusing on my career. Um, so that led me to 2021, getting even more curious about that feeling and feeling out, really trying to figure out what matters most in my life and what drives success for Jill, like versus just a career. And so that's when I really started getting, changing some habits, changing some shifts and um, realizing there was a need for people to realize more about burnout, more about high performing, high success. Um, and so I ended up, that's when I've developed my coaching program and stepped out of that. Um, but there was a lot of background there that I just like kind of went through that wasn't talked about about how that quiet quitting kind of evolved. And so we can talk more on what that looks like and maybe how managers can see it um, so that it's not a shock, right? All of a sudden one day Jill's yeah. saying, hey, I'm out of here. Peace out. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now, I, love, I love that story because I, you're, not, you're not alone. I think a lot of people kind of learned a lot through that. And it may mm -hmm. not have been the worst time you know, in their life. Those might have been really good years of growth and uh, development. Yeah. And which, which is good. And it, it taught us that there's a, there's a time and place for working hard. We all want to, we all need to work hard, do our jobs, teach our kids that hard work pays off, like all those things. But at the yeah. same time, it's okay to slow down and, and experience life and enjoy <laughs> it with others. And you learned yes. that. And what was, I guess, like the things that your employer might've been able to see shift in you mm -hmm. as you were kind of going through that, that our listeners might be able to be like, okay, what can I look out for as I'm looking around at my, my staff? Absolutely. So, you know, high performers, high achievers, like these are ones you, you do need to watch out for because they are your valuable people. They are important. And I think what happens too many times is that managers and leaders start, start taking advantage, not so much take advantage, um, but take, they're just, they're lucky that they're on their team. And so they maybe not focus too much on them. They're not the problem people that they have to worry about. They realize if I give Jill a project, she's just going to get it done. That's just her mentality. That's great. You want those kind of people on your team, but even more, you want to make sure that you're continuously checking in with those people. Because what happened in my, what I felt happened was, yes, I was doing all the things. Yes, I was getting all the projects done. Yes, I was meeting all the deadlines while still being completely burned out. That's what a high achiever does. They still push through, push through, push through. But I just started yeah. slightly 
getting unengaged, slightly not talking up in meetings, just starting to slowly mute my voice. Because at a point I felt, do I even matter? Nobody's really checking in on me. Nobody's really asking me. That's just, you kind of get overlooked sometimes with these high achievers. And not that we need a pat on the back, not that we need to be like, oh, you're doing a great job, Jill. But you do as a leader, you should be checking in with your team and recognizing that work that they're doing and just making sure like, hey, am I giving you everything you need? What can I do for you? Like asking those questions to see where are they at and not letting them just keep going on that cycle of busy work. That's good stuff. What I, what I, I was always curious about with the burnout and the quiet quitting, Jill, was that when you're going through that, and maybe you experienced this, maybe you can share a bit more about your personal experience with this, but yeah. when someone's going through that phase, like how do you know that that you just don't need a vacation from what you're doing? How, how do you know that, hey, I may need to take you know a week and a half, two weeks off, get mm-hmm. my mind off of it and come back and get to it? Like how do you know it's time to make that complete 180 shift and do something else? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I look at it as when you're, when your passion of what you truly have lo- has have loved to do becomes a burden. Mm-hmm. I think that's when like I don't want you to get there <laughs> because at that point yeah. I think you really have realized that you are in that state of burnout. You are um it's it's like when you're waking up and you're really going, "Oh my gosh, I have to go do this today." Because like I said, like t- like for mm-hmm. so many years I was like this is it. Like I have found my dream job. Like I am putting my event management skills in the corporate world. I'm like making clients days like this is it. And then all of a sudden that, that like passion and fuel was just starting to like slowly fade away. Um, and it was just in that state of burnout. Now I can look back and I can realize why some of those were, were why that passion faded. Um, and I think it is really tied to your core values and what it, what motivates you. And so from, from a leadership standpoint of like, what, so go back to your one question. It's like, I think that's so crucial to know what like motivates your team. Like, what is it that they absolutely like fires them up to go to your work? What is it about their job that they absolutely love? Like mine was the contribution, like the feeling that I was making a difference or an impact. And remember I said, like, I felt like all of a sudden, like, am I even doing anything? Because the culture changed and it was no longer about the culture and the people first. It was about profits and the next project, next project, next project. And so for me, I really thrive to know that I made a difference. And I, we just as a team never celebrated that anymore. We used to get done with projects and we would all come around and we'd talk about what went well. What do we need to improve on? All the things. And I just started like, it was just like, well, phew, that one's done. Next one. Like that doesn't feel my soul. So I don't know if I answered your question. So sorry. I get off topic. I know. Oh no, no, you're fine. I mean, you did, you did hit on it. I just, I'll just, I've never really felt that in my career yet, but I know this is something that a lot of people around me have really felt that burnout, quiet, uh, went to that burnout, quiet quitting phase. And I just always curious to know, like, how does an individual really know if they just don't need to take a step back? you know, yeah. take that vacation or whatever. And then tune in, get back like to really, 
yeah, just tune in to tune into those feelings. Like when you're working on something and you're feeling like this is dr- taking a ton of my energy, ask yourself why. Why is it that this particular thing that you're doing right now is taking up so much energy versus like when you're doing something over here and you're just loving it, like you could do it for hours, hone in on that because that might be your sign that you're not utilizing your greatest strengths in the right capacity. And it could be leveraged to actually go to your boss, your leader, your HR and say, I don't know that this is a right fit. Like, I love doing this part. Is there a way that I could use this, which is a great gift of mine and use that in more capacity? Could we delegate this kind of work and see if there's some kind of balance that might help you from just like walking away from a job that you really once loved? Yeah. Yep. That's good stuff. No, but I think as you, I think as you kind of reflect on things and you start thinking about this more often, it becomes easier to realize when you're in the moment, I was just thinking about your question, Jason. And there's times yes. where, cause like, I was like Jill in the past, uh, when in her past role where it's go, 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 go. Like you just don't mm-hmm. stop and you just keep yeah. going. And then you get to that point where it's like, Oh, this isn't good. But then you don't realize it. And then as you start to figure it out, it gets easier. But like now I'll just be, I'll be working on something. If I say it's that week and then by the end of the week, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I need a nap. <laughs> and I'll just take a half a day or a day off, turn off the phone, turn off the computer. I know it's a simple thing, but it kind of helps. Maybe it's a long weekend or something. It kind of helps you mm-hmm. know, separate what you've been doing and kind of reset a little bit. You have to, yeah, you have to have a reset. Like I encourage in my coaching business for people to prioritize like time blocking and actually to time block in your day, mental breaks. And I recommend like every two hours to have a quick, like 15 minute middle break. It actually increases productivity. Like when you can just step away, go and because we high achievers, that is just our natural ability to want to get it all done. Get the to do list. Like I love to cross off a to do list. I always have a to do list and I love the satisfaction of crossing it off. But I know like I just can't put like 18 things on there. Like it's going to wreck me. It's going to leave me feeling depleted. So I actually put some time block in my day to just like go outside, get some fresh air, take a walk, go talk to somebody. Right. Um, That's huge for your productivity and to help you not burn out so much quicker. So, and you got to fill you got to find things that like light you up and, and make sure that you're prioritizing these things and do them. Like so many times we ask people like, what do you just enjoy to do? Like if you had time off, like what would you do? And so many people get like this long stare and they're like, I don't even know. I don't even know the last time I did something fun. And I'm like, well, let's start there. <laughs> because if you're not having fun in life, like you're not going to be having fun at work. So. Oh, that's so true. I had to learn that the hard way. That is so true. Mm -hmm. But to shift gears a little bit here, Jill, like what would you say from a leadership standpoint? Like I know you mentioned that you have to be in tune with your, with your people and get to know them. But what are some things that a leadership, a leadership team could do to, um, if, if they didn't have that personal relationship built in the beginning, some signs they can look for, some things they can uh, instill into you know their culture to kind of make sure they can you know take care of those things so their employees aren't doing the quiet quitting, aren't or not getting burned out. Yeah, it always 
it always catches me off guard when I speak to organizations or leaders and I ask about, you know, we start talking about culture. And the first question I ask is, how often are you meeting with your team? Are you having one-on-ones? And they're like, well, what do you mean one-on-ones? I mean, I mean, one-on-ones. Are you having individual, like weekly or every other week, one-on-ones with your team and not with an agenda, really just to say, this is their time on your calendar that they can come and just speak openly about what, what are the, some things that are going on? What do they need help with? And then you can then every now and again, just say, Hey, I want to check in with you. Like what's going on in your role that I can support you more on? Or, Hey, what's your goals, you know, five years from now? Like, what do you see? Like what you know, what motivates you? Like really understanding and getting to know them on a personal level. I always say like, People are human, you know, so get to know your people mm-hmm. behind, you know, truly your person versus just the human that's doing the role. Like, who are they? What do they stand for? What do they believe in? Where do they want to grow? Like, so that you can help achieve that with them. So I think one-on-ones are, are crucial. I think so many times people uh, don't see the value in it or they think, ah, it's just a waste of time because my team never comes prepared. Well, then give them some things to come prepared with then. Like it, it's a two-way communication and, and you as a leader can totally set that up for success or help them to grow. Typically, one-on-ones are more business-driven mm-hmm. uh, as far as results, not more personal, getting to know yeah. them. That's kind of how, how I was always in one-on-ones mm-hmm. dealing with that, not really knowing, talking about who I am and what I really care about outside of the performance part of it. Um, and I thought about once you said that, that can kind of bridge that gap from like what you experienced when you said, when you said, um, do I matter here anymore? Like that, right. that part going through that phase, I think having that personal connection and personal conversation really help bridge that part that gap of that phase. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be so specific to the role. Like you shouldn't want to come to a one-on-one and say, okay, gosh, they're going to ask me about my performance. And if I got that done, I said last week I would have this done by five o'clock and, oh, I didn't get it done until the next day and all this stuff. Right. And it feels daunting. Like you want to create a leadership where like, they're just genuinely excited to like talk to you and like get to know the person. Because if you know, like if my company knew that him, like Jill's core, one of her core values is fun. Like if she's not having fun, like she's, that's, it's probably not going to be a good fit, right? Or if she's not contributing or if she's not feeling like connection, like, so what can we do to make sure that Jill's always having fun? Well, maybe we could put her on a committee where she leads our like social gathering events. And like, she is like feeling like, not only is she like creating a fun event for the company, but she's also contributing. Like she's core value is fun. Contributing is fun. We're going to make sure that we, put her in situations at our work outside of like her job that is going to like make sure that she feels like she's making a difference or she's contributing to a team. So like finding out like really what drives them will help you as a leader to stay in tune with like what they want and be able to shift some things either in their role or some other things in your company that you have offerings that be like, "Hmm, this would align better if we put Jill over here and did this or, you know, Thomas over here. So Yeah, I think that's huge. Just really getting to know them because so many times our, our business and our, our work is driven by our personal. And so asking those questions, like if you start seeing like your high achieving people get quiet, they start being less engaged. 
Like those one-on-ones are a standing calendar meeting that you already have on your calendar to then like say, hey, is everything going all right? Like, hey, you know, I noticed you're a little bit, you know, quiet today, Jill. You're usually outgoing, bubbly, like everything okay? Is there anything I can support you on? And just listen to what they say. It may just be that their dog died. And like, you might want to let them leave that day earlier. And it might, you know, so many times I think we get freaked out about like the job and the thing, but there's got to remember that these are all human beings that have a life outside of work. And so get curious about that. There's a, there's a good way to balance like what is personal and what is work. But I think you can ask genuine questions to just to feel like a, you know, you, you want to make a difference in their lives and help them. So ask like questions that are really just open. I think my favorite part, Joe, of what you, what you said, the example you gave of Jill loves to have fun. So let's do put her in this position to allow that to happen. Like, but you would yeah. never have the opportunity to do that if you didn't understand Jill. Exactly. Right? So that's the, yeah. <clears throat> that's the yeah. lesson here. And I guess my big question is if you, if you have these standing meetings weekly, bi-weekly, whatever it is, like, how do you make sure you're being intentional about getting to know the mm-hmm. other person? Is it as simple as me as a leader getting a little vulnerable and sharing my personal side with them first and then asking for that in return? Or what do you recommend? No, I absolutely recommend that. I think there is so much power to be authentic at work. That is huge when people can show up truly how they are, be authentic. And if you are a leader that is leading the same way, I've always had success in my management career with that. Um, And I don't just say that. I actually like asked my team like not too long ago because I was doing like some research. um, And I said, you know, Hey, what are some qualities that I bring to a room? What shows up when I do? You know, these are great questions as a leader um, to really ask your team, whether it's somebody you've worked with, like for me, these were my colleagues, you know, that I worked with in my corporate career. But that's the one thing that they said. They said, you know what? You always led by example. You always were people first. Like what you, when you showed up, like you were always the same, whether you, we were out having drinks after work or you were in the office, you were, you were the same, like you led by example. And so I think that is so true to be authentic with your team, vulnerable. Like when they would come to me when I was extremely burned out and they would, they would share their frustrations. I could have hid and I could have said, you know what, I'm sorry, you're experiencing that. Like, let me help you figure out what we can do. But no, I said, you know what? I totally relate because I'm feeling that too. And Hey, guess what? This is what I tried just this last week. I started just setting my alarm clock 30 minutes earlier. I realized I needed to fill my cup up a little bit more because I love to contribute. I love to help you guys. But I realized like I was giving nothing to me. And so I just made this shift, like try it, see if it works for you. And they're like, okay. And they, like, they relate because they're like, okay, you're, you're not just saying, oh, I'm fine over here. I'm the manager and I'm the leader and I'm just great. Like I'm willing to say like, yeah. guess what? Totally relate. I'm feeling it too, but I, I'm trying to make some shifts so that I can be a great leader for you guys. So I think being open and honest with your team always wins for sure. I love that you said that because there's been so many times in my career to where leaders tried, but it would be so fake and not yeah. authentic. And then I've been around leaders where it was so authentic and I can just tell that, oh my God, this is, there was just so transparent. You can just tell it was really them. 
So I'm so glad you used that word in that story, Jill, because mm-hmm. I, that goes a long way and really resonates with me. And I'm sure with everyone, because oh, when you yeah. have an authentic leader, it, it makes a big difference, a big difference. Yeah, you can spot it. You can spot if they're being fake for sure. And I'm always oh, like, yeah. why? Because it's so much harder to be yeah. fake than it is to just be real. So right. why, why put, you already are in a leadership, maybe a stressful position. Why put that on yourself? Like, just, just humble yourself and just, just be real. Right. Yeah, for sure. That's great. That's one of those things like you mentioned uh, when you kicked off uh, your story a little bit of how COVID wasn't that bad because it kind of opened your eyes to what was going on. And I know it was a tough time for a lot of people, but I think as a society, we've gotten closer to fully understanding that people are human, right? Yes. Mark yes. Cuban, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, like big, powerful leaders. They're human. Right. They're just like yeah. us. And it's okay exactly. to share that as a leader too. Yeah. I just did a presentation for the university of, of Berkeley. And that was the one of the questions that they asked was, you know, how do you get up and speak? You know, public speaking is for sure. Like one of everybody, most people's fears, you know, it's just a natural fear. And they're like, how do you just get beyond the fear and stand up and motivate? And I said, the one thing that I always tell myself is that we're all here. We're all human beings. Uh, God made us all the same way, right? With all unique gifts and talents. And so he's given me a gift of communication. He's given me a gift to just motivate and lead people. And at the end of the day, we're just all having a conversation. I'm just here up on stage. You're there and I'm, I'm serving you in a capacity. So at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We're all trying to figure it out. So if you can just think in that mindset, it's some, it helps me at least. (laughs) So I love it. I love motivating people. I love talking too. We, we, we love talking to you. We appreciate you hopping <laughs> on here. And I think the thing, the other thing that stuck out when we were preparing for this was accountability. Like this is all great, but like how do you make sure that you're following through and just kind of walk us through through that if you could. Yeah, that's a great word. I love accountability. Um, as a high performance coach, I hold all my clients accountable and I think it has a bad buzzword because it's when people hear accountable, they're like, Oh, they're going to hold me accountable. That means like they're going to micromanage me or they're going to, you know, be watching over everything. I, yes, everything I do. Like nobody wants a micromanager. And so that, that is not what accountability means. It means that, especially for a leader who truly values their people, it is because they believe in you. They know that you can do it. Or you have told them like, hey, in the next six months to a year, I really want to grow in my management or I really want to grow in my role as X, Y, and Z. Um, And so they've heard you say that and they know that you can get there. And so they're just motivating you. They're cheering you on. They're holding you accountable because they know that you can get there. I always reference like, it's the same thing as for leadership as it is as hiring like a personal coach or fitness trainer. Like, why would you hire? Why do people hire a, a trainer? It's because they want to get healthy. They want to get fit. And so they hire a trainer because they know that they're going to motivate them to do something that they really don't want to do to accomplish what they want to accomplish. Like, they don't really want to eat healthy. They don't really want to work out every day, but they want to get fit. (laughs) 
So they hire a trainer because they know that they're going to hold them accountable. They're going to believe in them. They're going to push them one mile further to get their results. Well, that's the same thing that a, that a manager and leader wants, you know, really good people first leaders. They want the same for you. And so they want, like, if you say you want to get to a senior executive, you say you want to be the VP, if you want to get to here, okay, I'm going to hold you accountable to do one habit every day. That's going to get you closer to that goal. And I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to check in with you next week, not to micromanage you, but just to say, see, see, Thomas, I knew you could do it. Look at that. All right. How are we going to do this next week? What else are we going to do? Right. They're there cheering you on. So I love holding people accountable. I do it with every single one of my clients. And they always like give me a look when I'm like, okay, hey, I'm going to check in with you next week. I'm going to see how that habit's going, how your mornings are starting off better. Like a, because I'm curious and B, because I'm like, I get excited because I know it's going to work. I'm like, yes, they're going to change. They're going to they're going to start stepping into being a higher a better performer. They're going to get past the imposter syndrome, all the things that hold so many successful people back. Yeah. So important. I know we're getting I know we're getting close on time here, but I just got to ask, I know you mentioned how it's a fine line between holding people accountable and micromanaging. So how does a yeah. leader walk that fine line? Like how do they make sure that they're on the right mm-hmm. side of that line and being more on the accountable side? and not the micromanaging side? Great, great question. So the difference is micromanaging is they are not letting go of control. So a micromanager will give them a task, right? And then they'll say, okay, hey, get this to me by 5 p.m. And then they're checking that. So they give it like 8 a.m. and they want it by 5. Okay, well, they're coming back and they're saying like at, at, at 10, hey, how are you doing on that? Is everything... You, you're going to get that to me at five, right? And then at 12 and then at two and at three, like they're really like not letting you just hold, you know, give you the rain or they're chain or they, you give them something, they bring it back and they're like, "Mm, I would, I mean, you got to the result, but I would have really, you probably should have done it this way. Like they're not just fully letting go of the control of it. We're holding people accountable and saying, Hey, I, I want you to, you know, get this project done, whatever. And like, I trust you and I know you're going to do it. And there it's a more of a motivating and inspiring and Hey, seek me back. Like come back to me ask me for feedback if you need it. Otherwise I trust you. You're going to deliver it. A little bit of thing there as well is that there is a part of like delegation and letting go. And there's also a part of training. And I think you have to train your people. Well, you know, let them be able to, after you've trained them, after you've developed them, you have to instill trust in them. And they may not do it exactly the steps that you've wanted them to do it. Or maybe you would have got to it a little bit quicker. But if it still got done and they delivered it to you, it's done. Like you can't go back and say, you know, you had to follow these steps. If the same result and they just did it a different way because people are just wired, our, our brains are wired differently. So you have to let go of that control and just really, as long as you've given them the tools, then let them, let them do it. So Jill, if you could, I know we've talked about a number of things, but if I'm a HR executive, no matter how many people are, are on my team or what geography, we're all leading people. What's yeah. like the one or two things that I could do, you know, tomorrow to kind of change some things in this area if I want to improve? Ooh, great question. Um, so number one, I'm a huge 
advocate for people first. So I think take a look within. How are you leading your team? And especially if we're talking about quiet quitting, if you have been noticing that some of your high performers are getting pretty quiet, unengaged, they're not themselves, take a look within and see how are you, how are you leading? How have you been there for them? Um, because it's so easy to just point outward, but so many times we really have to look within and, and figure out, am I giving my team everything? Like, have I made the time available for them? We're all busy. We're, I mean, it, it's a busy world, but are you blocking time? Are you giving time for them? And not only just holding that one-to-one -one time on a calendar, you know, but are you taking some time to just walk around? getting to know them, like that it's not having to be a structured meeting, just taking some time out of your day. Maybe you, maybe you block some time on your calendar every, those two hour mental breaks. Like how about you get up out of your chair and take a little walk. You can see and learn a lot about your culture, just being in the culture, you know? Um, yeah. so I would say that yeah. like really look at, at how you're leading your people. Um, the other thing I would just keep in mind is that because of COVID, it, it is a different world and things are different. And so maybe what worked in the past might not work today. Like there, as I said, there are people that are really high performers that are just unsubscribing from this. They're really reevaluating. And I think time is so valuable. Sometimes everybody, there's a, um, a lot of times that people think people just want more money. Oh, if I just give them more money, they'll be happier. Um, that's not necessarily true, especially from, from a women's, I know from speaking to and coaching a lot of women, we value our time a lot. And so making sure like, are the meetings that you're having important? Do they matter? Could it be an email? <laughs> um, are that, are you giving them flexibility to, uh, leave a little bit early if they, if they're a, a mom of, you know, of kids who are active in sports or whatever, like, do, are you giving them flexibility? Like the normal set schedule may not work today as it did 10 years ago. You know, people have yeah. just busier lives. And so we have to give a little bit of flexibility and grace and not be so controlling of, Hey, we're an office of eight to five, whether you're virtual or in person, like you've got to be here at 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. I always say, if I don't have, if my people are doing what they're supposed to be doing, I'm not seeing any client, any errors on my end, and I'm not getting any errors from our clients. Let them work in a time frame that works for them, where they can get their work done the most productive way, and then still be able to meet, of course, the team and the clients. Um, so those would be my two main tips, I would say. Well said. Yeah, you know, we can't we thank you enough. This has been so much fun. We call that there a mic drop, Jill. We call that a oh, mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, seriously, one yeah. day we're going to get an old mic and just throw it across the room. I love it. I love it. <laughs> no, Jill, this is this was good. This, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge and just for everything. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. I love your guys' podcast. I love what you're doing. Um, just really, it's, it's huge. I think, I mean, I think, I think it's always been huge, but just really tapping into the HR professionals that it's needed because the world is changing at a fast pace and it's so hard to keep up. And I just 
love that you guys are, are really focusing in on your people and giving new tips and ideas and bringing some amazing guests on. I've loved so many of your guys' guests. So thanks for doing what you guys are doing. I love it. We that appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, Joe. What an amazing story. For the listeners, I encourage you to listen to some of those things that Jill said. Lead with vulnerability. Be authentic. Give your people permission to return that. And wrap your arms around them so you really understand what they're going through. Connect with Jill. She is such a light. She has so much knowledge. And she's also the host of a podcast called Your Life, Your Story, Rise Up. Go check it out. And spoiler alert, she's going to let me be on it.